The winter meetings are over. And what did we learn? Not a whole lot, because the winter nothing ever happens at the winter meetings. We did learn that the Guardians obviously won the draft lottery. We learned that a lot of people are paying attention to the MLB draft for the first time ever in Cleveland. And we're going to talk about it a lot. So if you're just now learning about the draft lottery and the MLB draft, welcome to the show. We're going to be talking about it a lot over the next seven months. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown to get started today. Hello, I am Jeff. Over there is Justin. We've had such big numbers. I think it is probably important we keep resetting who we are uh, this week. It's some people's least favorite thing we do, even more than my coughing or us talking over each other uh, through the years is us telling our backstory. But so many new listeners over the past week i think it is necessary to keep doing it uh before this podcast which again i'll say i'm one of the og hosts on the mlb side of things when they started with baseball i came in with uh detroit hosts number four ago uh (laughs) old and strong uh but uh, before that i was a lead draft and prospect analyst at uh, 24 7 and before that at scout and i currently write for um blanking on where i write for now prospects live prospects live just <laughs> i've i am on so much cold medication uh it, it's not even funny so uh we'll, we'll see how this episode goes i can't even remember where i'm writing now and i got my start working for tony Lestoria over at uh where we were originally was indians prospect insider i was briefly at indians baseball insider and then i was also the uh the managing editor of guardians baseball insider when that that changeover made before that i was with the news herald and a bunch of other uh, every every Cleveland baseball block you can remember that was out there so going back to 2007. So it's been quite a long time. We both made, uh, you know, cut our teeth covering the minor league system for the Cleveland uh, franchise, the draft, more you than me as far as the draft is concerned. And, uh, yeah, I'm also still freelancing for the News Herald, covering the Guardians and uh, doing prospects, live prospects, and the publisher of the Next Year in Cleveland newsletter where we do prospect content pretty much – daily so if you are new here yeah we do focus we do go deep on prospects in the draft here which hey that's a that's good timing for us the guardians did win the draft lottery at the winter meetings this past week uh probably <laughs> look this is probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen in the offseason i don't say that i say that 100%. because things were it's already exciting. looking pretty pretty it is exciting things were looking pretty grim like we said this a couple shows ago that uh, this this team needed some sort of jolt this offseason, and maybe it'll still come in the way of a trade. I, hard to say, but with the TV deal thing still kind of on ice and in court, we don't really know what, what's going to happen. This was a much-needed change for them. And, you know, it's not an immediate change. It's not going to change how things work tomorrow. It's not going to change how things work in April. Uh, they can only change how things look in April. Even this year, yeah, the earliest it's really going to impact Cleveland is 2025, right? Like that's yeah. that's about as early as you can expect that. I know that's hard for some people to hear. And uh, look, the fact that there's even a chance that Cleveland could draft somebody in in this coming draft next July, and they could be we, we're even talking about the possibility of them being being able to impact the, the big league team in 2025 is 
a huge a huge thing for them. It's a huge difference for the sport over the last couple of years. And it would also be a big change for Cleveland as they've, they've been very conservative with prospects that at least that aren't pitchers. They've been aggressive with pitching in terms of uh, movement there, but not hitting. So, but the fact that we're talking about they could draft an impact bat in 2024 and, and they could be here in 2025 is a welcome development. It's a big change for the sport. It's a big change for Cleveland. And that's that's why we're excited about it. And, and we've noticed over the last couple of days, there's a lot of people in Cleveland who don't know how the draft works. And and while it's kind of annoying to hear the the old tropes in the comments, and I get why people are mad, and I get why people are... are Can't you just enjoy a happy price. thing? Can't people just well, enjoy a little bit of happiness without immediately <laughs> like ranting and screaming? And just, especially when you... Don't rant and scream about things you have no idea about, because then it. Just yes, that's silly. what I was gonna say. Like, come on, if if you want to be mad, I there look. There are plenty of reasons to get mad about this franchise and the way they operate. Um, whether it's being conservative, not spending money, um, how they have deployed players in the last couple of years, all that stuff is is legitimate. Yes. Right. The one thing that you really that really if you don't know about is this team spends money in the draft. They always do. Um, you can't trade draft picks. Nobody has ever punted a draft so bad. They took somebody like so far off the board just to save money. Uh, Cleveland has not not signed a first round pick since what oh one with Alan Horn, and that yeah. was just him refusing to to take their bonus. Uh, whole situation. So before you get mad about stuff like like Jeff said, let's enjoy something positive for once. This has a chance to be a major impact, and we're going to continue to talk about why this has a chance to be a major impact. But also, I said before this week. Allow yourself to enjoy something. There are not a lot of spots in this franchise right now. Like you can get excited about Jose, like Jose sign his extension. I know they haven't done a great job building around him and they have this great young pitching staff and they have a good closer. They did sign a second hundred million dollar deal for Andre Semenes. There, there aren't that so many things more to than get the White Sox have ever given. Yeah. Good job, Andrew Benintendi, uh, or I whoever mean, signed to that contract. But no, I mean, I, allow yourself more, to get excited, more, right? It's it's okay yeah. to get excited about I this. Mean, but again, before anything else, yeah, like Jeff said, don't go out there and don't spew stuff that's just absolutely untrue. And that holds true for some media people, by the yes. way. There are some media people out there who are who are putting stuff out in, into the, that are uh, the lying universe like, that's so wrong. So two quick things again for everyone. <laughs> I'm not again. We can get. I'm not going to debate. Dolan's ownership, and I'm also not going to hold water for them. We got Jerry Reinsdorf, who won't pay any of his players, and is also meeting with the mayor of Nashville to put extra pressure on uh, the team when they're in town. So, uh, you know, he wants to compete for that worst owner title. And with the Angeloses, potentially it looks like selling uh, Baltimore, that that's going to get yeah, a lot easy for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there was someone who is a media member who just thrives on um, he. I don't know if he gets a good uptick, if it's just that there are a lot of angry Guardians fans when it comes to money. But he sits there and harps on the dumbest things. He, uh, I think he writes fanfic involving Jesus Aguilar. Uh, very steamy stuff with the way he talks about <laughs> Jesus. Jesus Aguilar had one outstanding year. And I, I looked at it. The second half was still like a 110. It's just the first half was a 160 in terms of weighted runs grade plus. But it was still, it was essentially one year. And he's acting like the guy was an all-star. But he, he this media member um bp will say i want to get myself in trouble but he went out and said oh you know that first overall pick th those players signed for bigger bonuses than the guardians gave their entire draft which is categorically and completely false the guardians have always spent more 
um, then last year was the highest bonus ever given to a player. Paul Skeens at 9.2. Cleveland spent nearly 11 million last year. They've spent over 10 million every single year. So here's a member of the media who is trying to dive into the rage for whatever reason. This guy has an ax to grind. Um, met him once. I always Same. tell you about all, all the great people I meet in media, how, you know, Melissa Lockhart was a fantastic editor. How Mayo and Callis have been generous with their time. Sickles as well. I've never talked about this media because of that experience. So there's that level of it too, I'm going to say. And, uh, but it's just like, it's, it's either the guy is clueless or he's lying. So check, do, do, do your responsibility, check the, the person, see if, you know, there's anything to it. Um, go research me. If you don't believe me, go look at how much Cleveland spent last year. Um, I could probably pull up exactly on YouTube. How much. We have it and we have it scrolling. Yeah, I mean, I watching on YouTube. We put, <laughs> We, we've tried we've we've made an effort to put more information yeah. into our graphics it's, on youtube the they, last i mean ago, i, I so. can i i know this because every year i do a shadow draft for the guardians drafts and they're they're often not very good um not as good as the guardians they do do better than me i think i got maybe one year that i got a chance to beat them uh we'll see if that happens but it, having done this every year i can tell you they always spend outside of 2020 which is a weird year with limited picks it was harder to kind of you know, they had the guys they liked. They got the guys they liked. Um, but you only had five rounds. It was a weird year. I'm not going to count that against them. Uh, and, and I will say this. Like, you go back to those early 2000s. They kind of stuck with the slot. Around around the uh, 2011 with Lindor. Like, I mean, that year they went crazy. They spent, I think, second or third or fourth highest when that was an uncapped year. They, they, this is they, they realized that this was a way that they could make hay, trust their scouting and development. And this is the area they spend. So anyone who's a saying they're going to trade the pick can't, you can only trade the, and someone asked, why can't you trade picks? Mostly it is because no one wanted to trade picks. I'll go back to a confirmed story in the 1990s. The San Francisco giants signed Michael Tucker, not because they wanted Michael Tucker, the outfielder, but because by signing him, they'd forfeit their first rounder and they didn't want to pay a first round pick. Uh, they didn't think it was worth the cost. So teams in the late nineties were doing this. I had that confirmed. Oh, you know, again, go back. Melissa Lockhart confirmed that for me when I threw out that story and she's been covering the Bay area for, you know, longer than I have uh, been writing. She's very in the know, fantastic human and, and sports writer. Uh, but yeah, teams didn't really have an interest for a long time. Teams were punting picks. The, the reds drafted Jeremy Sowers out of high school, knowing he'd never signed. So they wouldn't have to pay him. Like they knew they could Which not. They sign. would have gotten yeah. signed. They they took him in the first oh. round out of high school, knowing he would not sign, knowing he was a hard commit to Vanderbilt and was unsignable. This type of stuff used to happen. It's only recently, so it's with the addition of those competitive balance picks, which are based on market size. Um, I believe in terms of um, just overall market size, and then is it like metro? I can't remember the second uh, facet of it off the top of my head. But there's not sure. what like 10, 10 teams get those picks. Cardinals used to be one of them. So they've, they've sunk, shrunk down okay, yeah. exactly what, what gets you those picks. But those picks can be traded. So Cleveland uh, will always probably get one. So. And, and yeah, Cleveland will always get one. And but for Cleveland, the only time they've been involved with the trade was when they gave up their comp B pick in that uh, Carlos Santana, Edwin and Carnacion deal. We're going to talk a little more drafts before we talk a little bit more. A lot of things, but uh, we got to take a break and come back on today's Locked On Guardians. Lots of good stuff on the way. Lots of good stuff you can do on FanDuel right now. If you're a new customer, uh, you can take advantage of this great deal. As things get colder, the NFL offers are hot on FanDuel. 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning 
$5 money line bet if you're a new customer. So if you're a new customer, find a game you like, NFL, anything. I don't think it has to just be NFL, but uh, find a money line bet, put five bucks on it if you're a new customer. And if you win, you get 150 bucks in bonus bets after that, uh, if they win. So if you think about joining FanDuel, this is a great opportunity to put some money into your account and, uh, I don't know, make some bucks on it and uh, buy yourself a nice gift for the holidays. Buy someone in your family a nice gift for the holidays. Lots of bowl games to pick from uh, coming up here soon. It's a fun time of year to uh, try to make some money or add some uh, excitement. Even if you're your team, if you're maybe an Ohio University fan or you're, you went to high, college there, or if you didn't, uh, you could put some money on them in the bowl and maybe make some money off of that. And if you're not really into money line bets, other things you can do too, spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit fanduelcom slash locked on and get in on the action, the NFL and bowl season. Uh, FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Before we get into draft stuff too, uh, going to be a lot of draft stuff. Uh, over the next couple months, I think you can expect a lot of uh, interesting draft stuff over on Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. It is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. We've got all of our local experts over there, plus our national shows covering every league. So our pal Sully at Locked On MLB, Locked On Prospects with Lindsey Crosby. Uh, check over there. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Uh, Jeff, one one final, couple final thoughts here on, on the lottery and all this. So, yes, you can't trade picks except for the comp pick. Everything else is untradeable. Um, just do your research before spouting off. Like, if you're going to go out and say stupid things – and and sound like you're you're smart or confident. Just don't make yourself look bad. And you know, ver- verify accounts too. Same thing. Yeah. This goes for anything this time of year. The other thing I'll say too, I think, is I know I know this is going to sound biased because Cleveland just won the lottery. I, I I think the lottery works because look, they were trying. The, the goal of the lottery was to disincentivize tanking. Right. That was yeah. the whole. The, the, the athletics whole just pulled off the movie major league in real life they were tanking and they didn't take it well they took advantage because they're going to be leaving oakland whatever but um they tried to tank and they're you know they're picking fourth overall and they can't pick in the top 10 next year now so that doesn't really help them yep, either i so, like that i i'm fine with yeah this. i yeah i think it works i think you know the reds last year were were in the playoff race until the end of the year they went 82 and 80 they're picking second overall this disincentivized tanking if you want your team I mean, I know, I know the more you lose, the more lottery odds you get, but guess what? You know, Cleveland still found a way to get the top pick. And so did the Reds finish in second. So uh, if you're looking to disincentivize tanking, I think this is so far uh, seems to be working. And I, I like, I, again, I'll say it again. I like the fact that Cleveland has an number one overall pick for us, but I also like it for the fact that uh, they didn't have to lose hundred games to do it. It would be, it would have been a massively harder year to talk about. It was already hard enough as it was. But uh, it would have been harder if they had to go out and lose 100 games, and they didn't. So that's nice. We have some other interesting draft thoughts right now. Um, kind of questioning if the Guardians draft strategy is going to shift. And there's two layers to this. One is that obviously they're going to have more money to play with than they ever have before. That could change how they do things. Also, uh, it appears they might have a new scouting director. I don't. This hasn't been announced yet, but... I don't know. Paul. So Paul Hoynes wrote in his article uh, covering the lottery uh, after everything played out that Ethan Purser uh, is the new scouting director. He has been for four days. Zach Meisel talked about that in his article today, too. Okay, so that hasn't been officially announced, but but Paul and Paul and Zach are are not going to write that if it's not true. So it appears Ethan Purser, who 
um, has been with the organization since late 2016, has now risen up to be the new director of amateur scouting. So previously, uh, it was Scott Barnsby from 2017 to, I, I guess, most recently, possibly. Uh, before that was Brad Grant, 20, 2007, 2016. Before that was John Mirabelli, which we don't want to talk about because it will just burn a hole in our heads because he was terrible. Uh, it was not great. <laughs> it was not good. Um, so, yeah, who who is Ethan Purse? Let's talk about him a little bit. Um, he came over from Tampa Bay. Uh, a writer before that. One of the many writers yeah. in the system. Yeah, there's a lot. Apparently, of you and I just weren't good enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. We're just we're still podcasting, and Cleveland's hiring all the baseball prospectus writers. They've got a couple. They got uh, well, they got a bunch of Baseball America guys. Mostly. Yeah, Baseball America. They started with so the prospectus has not been the pipeline it once was. Um, yeah, it's more Baseball now, America these days. Yeah, now it's that Baseball America is the pipeline. Yeah. So, but Purser was at at Baseball Prospectus before as a writer. Um, he was with the Rays in 2015, 2016. He's been with Cleveland. Uh, since then, serving as an area scout and a pro scout, and then uh, was a coordinator for amateur scouting. And in the last couple of years, um, he was the assistant director to amateur scouting. So promotion for him looks like that make that. I guess that means they haven't announced anything, but I guess that means a promotion for Scott Barnsby. Uh, Brad Grant is still here. I don't know, but uh, it is curious. It is interesting to see how the, tr- the strategy will change. I think that's one thing people don't really realize, Jeff, is that. You know, the GM might have some um, say over what happens or some kind of uh, role in this. But Chris Antonetti already said um, after they won the lottery that, um, you know, he said, I'm not going to be involved. We have a lot of great guys to do this. Amateur scouting and, and the GM generally, I mean, I'm sure they talk, but obviously the amateur scouting team generally does the legwork here. So a lot of people don't realize the GM might sit in on some things, set some things and push things in a certain direction. But the scouting amateur scouting team really runs things. And that, that is where the strategy comes from. Mostly. You could see that Chris Antonetti, if you're watching on YouTube, Chris Antonetti was pretty fired up about the draft. I've he, never seen him that animated before, by the way. He, I mean, he just kept talking about how he never thought this would happen. Like he just didn't think it was did. a possibility. Um, never even really let it enter his mind. Yeah. So do you, do you, I guess we don't know how to answer this yet. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got um, a little scrolling list of notable picks by Scott Barnes, me and Brad Grant. And we're going to do, I think we should spend a lot of time this off season doing some draft reviews and seeing how things might change or how things have changed. But uh, I'm curious to see if, if things change under Ethan Purser or not, um, how things play out. And we might have one of the scouts on the show here uh, in the next few weeks. We'll find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, things could always change. It's everyone has a different idea. This could lead them in a different direction. Things have kind of changed. I mean, last year's draft was certainly different. They still took a lot of, you know, I don't know. Was it that? I mean, I, the, af, after the first two rounds, it was a guardians draft to a T. I mean, Ralphie was a bit of a surprise and I think Clemmy to some degree that we have seen them go with prep pitchers, but everyone after them was just lock stock and two guardian barrels. Yeah, well, I mean, not that not that uh, Ethan has anything to do with the Rule Five draft because yeah. they took Davis and De Los Santos, but I'll be curious to see if there's any any shift in strategy because things didn't really change much under Scott Barnsby over the years. Like he was pretty much the same through and through, and I guess that it you know jives with what happened in 2023. There was a lot of shifting in Brad Grant's tenure. Like they you know they went from um, 
very college heavy early on. And then, you know, the Lindor draft happened and all that. And then they still went kind of college. It wasn't really until the end of his time that they well, started I will going say a prep heavier. The next year they took Naquin to use that money on all those prep kids. Right. The Bon McClure is the, I mean, they went day two of that draft was almost all prep. Uh, it might've been all prep, honestly. So they went extremely prep that year. And then, you know, you still had the Clint Frazier as a high school pick. And then, you know, the year they signed Edwin, you had what Quentin Holmes and, and uh, Freeman were two oh, high school Freeman. picks. Yeah. So it, they, they had some. It was definitely, I mean, I remember being the only person mocking Clinton Frazier to them in the draft. Everyone had Colin Moran there because Cleveland's a hyper-conservative team. They're not going to draft anyone. And I'm like, they just took Lindor like a few years ago. This This could happen. But, you know, they go back and forth. They do go really college heavy. Uh, it makes them hard when I look at, at data to figure out, but teams typically follow patterns and uh, have defined approaches. And the one thing I'll say is unless there's a big shakeup at the top or you bring in someone from the outside, often when a scouting director changes, it's more of the same. Yeah. because Especially when you promote from within, right? Yeah. Cause this is not a, I don't think, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I I'd, I'd have a hard time imagining at least for Cleveland, they have not hired a scouting director from outside the organization um because you know Mirabelli, scott barnsby all internally promoted uh brad grant before that like all these guys are internally promoted same with uh purser now so yeah things may not uh change a whole lot too and and obviously jeff you know a lot more about drafting than i do but two things that i think always hold true is um you know you can't when it comes to strategy you cannot I don't, know, I don't know if this is the right analogy, but, you know, put a square peg into a round hole. Like you can't, you have, you have to draft to the strength of the class. You can't just go out and make picks based on, you have to, you have to draft towards whatever the strength is. You have to go out there and find players you can develop. So you can't pull from players that just don't exist or don't really fit. You know, if it's a bad, if it's a bad college pitcher class, which Cleveland usually does with, they have to pivot. You can't just, pick college pitchers if they're not going to fit, if they're not good. Like you have to draft from what's available to you. And the other thing is too, a lot of this falls on best player available. Like in, in generally in the MLB drafts, you pick the best player available. That's either pick one. Um, sometimes that, you know, does depend on money. If you, if you want to spread the money down towards the bottom of your draft. Um, but you draft by your board, you put your board together and you draft the best player available on your board. Unless something crazy happens. Like you said, um, that's the other thing too. I want to ask about more aggressiveness. We talked about is, is all this money they're going to have available to them going to make them more aggressive? Like I talked about the night they won the lottery that um, doesn't seem like it's going to be a good amateur class, but we'll find out more as the spring hits, but you know, can they buy more players down? Can they, can they call around and say, you know, we're willing to offer this prep pitcher $2 million at the, at the comp B pick. And if the teams above them, get that call from that advisor, not scout advisor or uh, uh, agent. And they say, Hey, Cleveland's willing to offer 2 million. Are you going to offer 2 million? No. Well, then my client's not signing They hang up and that pick slides down to 36. You know, are we going to see more of that possibly? I, I mean, it's always a possibility. The, uh, the best example I can think of that is Nolan Jones. Um, they went undersought with Will Benson at his slot and then gave Nolan Jones just a little bit less than they gave Will Benson. And everyone was kind of shocked when Nolan Jones was still on the board. I actually had Jones ahead of Benson on my big board. Um, Everybody. I fairness. think a lot of people did. Um, yeah, it, it was kind of back and forth. Well, I mean, the, the problem at the time was Will Benson, like he had like a 20 grade hit tool when he was in high school. It, that 
but he worked his tail off to to i i just didn't know if it was ever going to work but again it's work ethic plus amazing physical tools but uh they did that and that's how they got nolan jones and they essentially got two first round talents and, and i'll I've talked about one this guy down the board with an offer yeah. and, and in this case and it's not gonna be so much because again spencer Tor spencer torkelson who people are like acting like this guy is phenomenal He's, he was good so last year, but he was very 30 home runs does not make you good. <laughs> like, uh, you know, if you got an on base percentage under 300, that's an issue. Uh, but Spencer Torkelson is the only player to get full slot in that first round, almost in the, the first overall pick. Basically, it doesn't happen hardly ever. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. But when you do something like they did with Benson and Jones, uh, it's the equi MLB equivalent of the trade down. You're not actually changing positions, but you're saving money with that first pick. Taking a guy like Benson wasn't really top 20 on anyone's board. Uh, he was more 20 to 35 range. But they got Jones, who was also kind of like 15 to 30 range in round two. So they got two guys that are probably that were top 30 range um, in the top 50 picks. So they made that choice to kind of move down uh, in terms of how they spent. You don't actually shift on the board, but the pool system was kind of the equivalent of that. Um, we got to take our, our second break here, don't we? We sure do. It's been a lot to talk about. We've got one more. You got, got to wrap up the winter meetings a little bit and talk about what's uh, coming up as we finish up today's episode. All right, plenty of more time to talk draft. I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot of draft over the next seven months. So I hope uh, anybody here enjoys that, and it's a big deal. Uh, the winter meetings are over. Things sort of happened. The, the lottery was the biggest deal for Cleveland. They you know, they added uh, Davian, Davis and De Los Santos in the Rule 5 draft, the Major League portion. They didn't lose any of the Major League portion. But some headlines here. So what did we learn this week, Jeff? Um, the Guardians were, the Guardians say, or there's reports saying the Guardians are listening on Emmanuel Classe as well as Bieber. We knew about Bieber. Um, the Classe thing is due diligence, I feel like. If somebody comes in, look, I will not be surprised if he does get traded, only because the only way he'd be traded is if someone comes in and blows them away. But, um, you know, this, this is a creative team. You never, never say never, but uh, I, I still would be surprised. I guess I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised if he gets traded, but I also don't think he will. If that makes any sense, obviously the lottery was a big deal. Uh, Mike Chernoff had a quote the other day that I know a lot of people are going to be upset by that. He said that a lot, you know, they talked about how the offense was ranked 27th in baseball and they've got to improve that this year. But he said a lot of offensive improvement has to come from within with the young roster, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, Angels, yeah. Cubs and Reds, possible suitors for Bieber. We should talk about whether or not. If anything has changed on Bieber, you know, well. and I think it's also worth going back to, you know, we talked about an article earlier this week that came out where the the internal feeling is that they're probably not going to trade Bieber. And he's probably going to that they're not going to trade any of these guys uh, so that, you know, a degree of it is, OK, you know, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan um, and Andres Jimenez all had some data that pointed to regression, um, you know, rough second year. And I think they're kind of hoping there'll be some bounce backs with, you know, Kwan was strictly average last year they're hoping for him to be above average as a hitter with his on-base skills and some doubles pop and stuff like that. Uh, you know, Jimenez also average hoping to get him above that. And you're hoping like a Will Brennan can and rebound. I mean, the, you and I have talked about this many times. People took the wrong lesson. The guardians mm. didn't trade away Benson and Jones because they really liked Oscar Gonzalez. They did it because Will Brennan was the dude for them. 
And it didn't work out for Will Brennan this year. So we got to see what he can do. So I think they're still going to count on Brennan. I really think that outfield is, is Brennan Laureano and um, in Quan for next year with Shaw as your, your backup fourth outfield platoon type. That is where it's going to be. I think there is a little bit of money to spend. You know, I think they'll wait on the wings and see if there's anything available, but yeah, I, you know, it, I'll say this as one of the biggest fans of Taylor Ward, the sports writer and Taylor Ward, the baseball player, I, I would strongly consider a trade for him. If, if the angels were willing to do Bieber for Ward, I, to me, because here's the, the, the hard thing with Bieber we have to functionally realize is he was not good last year. And two of the last three seasons, he's been hurt. He's going to cost $12 million and there's no guarantees with him. Left. And it's one year of club control and you know great let's say the angels acquire him and they do that deal at the end of the year they're getting like a second round pick for him at best maybe a fourth if they decide to spend like there, mm-hmm. there isn't quite the same value because not every team gets a first rounder anymore for those guys so Bieber's value is just not super high yeah i mean there are teams that are definitely interested and it's going to be anybody it's going to be teams that miss out on jordan montgomery and it's going to be teams that miss out on trading for Corbin Burns and I don't even know if it's going to come down to you know, Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yeah, that's he's such a different animal though, so I don't know and so it's going to come down other to that. Teams, you know, I've heard I've heard the same story with other teams. Like we thought it wasn't going to be a flooded market, but a lot of teams are willing to trade people. I'm trying to remember what team I literally saw like, "Oh, they're saying they're not going to trade him, but it feels like they're just saying that until they'll go back and start talking pitcher trades after Yamamoto comes off." Yeah, so things might have to develop a little more. I, I do think I still think there's a good chance that Bieber gets traded just because See, I'm leaning the other way. I, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think there's any trade coming with this team. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm more 60 40. He gets traded only because I think enough teams are interested. I think they'll want to get something. And it generally is their MO. I know it's not the best move considering their situation right now, but um, it also depends too on, on just, how frozen they are by this yeah. TV situation. I, I also feel like. I think they know that his value is only going to go up at the deadline. Honestly, it's like if he struggles again, if he's healthy. Yeah. I mean, basically barring injury, his value can only go up. It's yeah. going to stay consistent or, um, you know, you just have to, but then I, it, well, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I think it's interesting that the word coming out of the front office is that they think that he will be in the rotation. I see. I, I feel like that's them trade trying to, play the game and try to add uh, they, they like um, to have that depth in the road rotation it's like and he's gone Xavier curry is your fifth starter i don't think that's the road they want to go because yeah. they also can't sign anyone in free agency they can't add like the cost of losing him for whatever you get minus having to replace him i think just makes it a, a position that they're probably not trading from i guess we'll find out all right yeah. jeff uh, this is the last week of the year for us to be five episodes a week we it may is. do more than five we, we may do more than it's we go usually on a three night three days a week coming up here soon we may do more than three we'll see what happens but uh we've got lots to talk about obviously more draft stuff let's make a deal with all 20 on our teams we'll see what we can we can find for the guardians in the trade market we got more positional reviews to do from 2023 and another thing we haven't discussed yet i just brought this up today that i haven't told jeff but trade value rankings on the guardians roster and probabilities they get traded so uh stay tuned for all that more draft stuff we'll do some mailbags all fun stuff um as even even if we do three days a week we've still got a lot of content coming your way Hundred percent, and and I have some stuff to point out. Like, um, what are the most successful places? What are the most interesting places for the draft, and what Cleveland can do to maximize that pick, as well as we got some interviews coming up too. Hopefully, yeah. So we're 
We're working through things. There's a lot going on. It's going to be a fun time, a fun ride. Join us. We got some bonus episodes. It'll be YouTube only this weekend, just because of they were uh, us doing some crossovers. So keep your eyes peeled. Thank you for being in every day or joining us every day in the comments, like uh, Stephen, who always pops up in those comments. Thank you. Remember to rate and review. It's been a long time since we had an iTunes review. Those help a lot. And go, go, Guardians, go.